And welcome back, everybody, to Marriage, the Messy, the Marvelous, the Miraculous, where every marriage has a story and every marriage is part of a journey. I'm your co-host, DJ, and with me is my lovely bride of over 26 years. Nicole. And we're on the topic of contentment. And that can ruffle some feathers with some folks, as an, and it can be a hard one to talk about. Particularly in the New Testament, we see a lot of references to contentment, but there's also made reference in the Old Testament as well. But some of the New Testament references, and we'll get our scripture out of the way ahead of time. Oh, no, 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 no. Not out of the way. Not out of the way, but is what we're going to launch from, I guess. There you go. I like that version better. We like this version better. Okay. we go. She's right. Okay. So, 1 Timothy uh, 6, verse 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And then going over to Hebrews 13, 4 through 6, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For that he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? And that last part was from taken from uh, Psalm 118.6. So we talked about some of the struggles with uh, some definitions of contentment, the discontentment that we might experience in our lives in our last episode. And this one, we kind of want to see how God can use. You had a better title for it, Nicole. So go go ahead and read off what you were. Uh, how have we seen God use discontentment for His honor? First thing first, you need to always be working on your relationship with the Lord. You need to be in the Word. You need to be worshiping and studying and be in listening to him and then being in prayer and you need to work on that relationship first but you know like we just read off you know the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and people get discontent materially that's where a lot of it mm-hmm. ends up and i can't say that we've avoided that no we we've we've fallen into that trap and and i was yeah, I think I was even raised with that trap, I guess. Yeah, you know, a to, house was your, uh, uh, owning a home was your security. Yes, owning a home, you know, having a good job, having the pension package, all all these And we even things. fantasized. I mean, yes. we went through a phase about the lottery. And if we'd won the lottery, all the money that we'd go, you know, buy, uh, what we would, not buy, but all the money, how we would use it. And we went through and... and just figuring out 10% on $40 million. That's $4 million. Yeah, it was like, okay, well, we don't want to give any one charity $4 million and then, you know, kind of make it collapse on itself. So it was like this whole long list. But then it was like the Lord really laid it on my heart. He said, but if that happened, if I did that for you, the first thing that you would do would probably, you know, he, he, he he allowed me to kind of process all of it. And it was like, well, you'd have to sell your house because then people would because people would know who you were, you know, and they might come try to kidnap your kids or, you know, break in. 
You'd have to go find another place to live. You'd have to have security. You'd have to, and you and you'd be so consumed with keeping that money, right? That you would lose sight of me. And and, and I, the me and her question would be me and God and God. Yeah, he. I would have lost the, you know, desire. My biggest desire would be to keep what I had. Yes. Uh, and and maybe even. As one person quoted to me one time, they said, a millionaire, he, he asked the millionaire, well, after you went, you earned that first million, what's, you know, what's your net, your thought? And he's like, after you win that first million or earn that first million, your next thought is, how do I get that second million? Yeah. And it just becomes this perpetual. Snowball. Yes. You know, spiral. Yep. And so I think we have to be very careful. Now, as Americans, if you own two cars, if you own your own home or living in an apartment with plumbing, indoor plumbing and electricity and, a, and a, a, not on a dirt floor, mm-hmm. uh, I think Americans in general are like the top 3% of, of uh, wealth anyway. Even, even if we, you're like a middle class, lower middle class, we have the richest poor people in the world. Exactly. And so when we look at that concept, we have to look at it as very humbling. You know, the Lord put us in a place that we, and because it is so normal, we lose the sight that it is a great blessing exactly where we're at. Absolutely. And lose the awe of it and being thankful for those things. But you know, then there's there's times where you may feel like I'm not happy where I'm at, and let's just talk career for a second, okay? Because I've had a variety of jobs through since I've been in high school, and being raised in a family that says you stay one place for oh, yes. decades, I, that's I, that's not the norm anymore, and they couldn't grasp that, but. When we're in Generation X versus uh, the older generations, they could graduate from high school, work in the factory until they retire. And and so for you to move around, to even change jobs once every 10 years, that was kind of like, wow, that's a lot of jobs. And they just couldn't conceive that, you know. Develop you, that idea. You got in with a company and you worked your way up. Exactly. That ladder. That you might have different ladder. jobs, but you're in the same company. Yes. And that doesn't take place very often these days. And so question we ask sometimes, can we use can God use your discontentment for his glory and honor? The answer is yes, because he's gonna if you're first of all focused on a relationship with him and you're in his word and you're praying and you're worshiping and doing what you can, but something's not right at at the job front, let's say. You you don't have, you have an evil boss, let's say, uh, or you're being picked on because of your faith, or you're realizing that something, you made a mistake trying to come to this location or to this company, and you're like, you know, you fess up to God and say, God, I, I don't think I belong here. Either show me where I need to be or show me a path out of here. Or show me how to glorify you in the place. We're not saying you have to change jobs every time. No. It, it may be that you're the the missionary. That's your mission field. Yeah, you're the tent missionary. Yeah, exactly. And and you're the one that's supposed to be the guiding light. Um 
And it may not, be just for one person there. Maybe it's just to plant a seed. Yep. And and it may be one of those things that, you know, God uses you in that one in situation. And, you know, if the discontentment, I mean, I think this is when you need to really be in prayer. And that's when the fasting comes in place and things that we personally have failed at miserably. Uh, but constantly, I mean, I think you prayed a lot more <laughs> in the last couple of jobs than you ever did the first, you know, however many. I've kind of lost count. Well, Sorry, love. <laughs> no, I mean, it's seeing opportunities and myself decide, oh, this is an opportunity that's something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Or I saw that, you know, I had three strikes against me in terms of tried for this job, tried for that job and within the same company and couldn't get it. No movement. No movement laterally or upward then it's like okay i'm and one job you did see the writing on the wall the higher ups were looking at your department to annihilate it basically always yeah Yeah. and you know when you work in safety that seems to be unfortunately the first one that they want to try to put the chopping block because oh well we don't need safety well your cost will go up when you eliminate the safety. Well, yeah, department. but th- but that's not. <laughs> that's a topic for a different podcast altogether. So another channel. Another channel. But when you see those, uh, you know, you're asking God for wisdom and discernment to show you what what do you need to do? Do you need to stay? Do you need to seek opportunities elsewhere? Do you just ask for the the grace to hold out where you're at? Do you need uh, to pray a, a boss to another state? Yes, that, you pray blessings. That's a friend of mine. She, she had a her husband had a really hard boss, and she said uh, the Lord laid it on her heart to pray blessings on them. And uh, she said, I, "I prayed them all the way to Florida." <laughs> so I mean, you know, God moved can move things in your life that make it more easy for you. Yeah, and He understands. He knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking a lot of times and if is oh the t- all the time he all knows the times <laughs> all the times you, you're not going to hide from them so just fess up to it yeah exactly just fess up to it and own it and say okay help me god god get through this what do you want me to learn mm, yes that's a big one for mm, us that's a big one what do you want me to learn through this show me and sometimes for- it's like help me learn it as fast as i can you know but you know what are you trying to teach me and and to, and, and let me learn it well so i don't have to do it again right uh, and, and that's just one example of, you know we talked about you know a couple podcasts back about church uh church hurt and being dissatisfied with the church well just remember if you're dissatisfied because it's not serving you then you your head's on wrong to begin with you're there to worship the king of kings and lord of lords mm-hmm. and if they're not doing that if it's if you're experiencing something other than that then maybe it is might be some time to prayerfully consider where does God where is God leading you? Mm-hmm. Or you may be feeling you may turn around and tell you to step up and stand up to it. Serve. And serve mm-hmm. in some capacities to try to make the situation better. If if you're missing something, if something that you really feel is needed for you, there's probably someone else in the congregation that feels the same way. And if you start it, then it may just be you and that other person. But, you know, those are the two people that needed it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it may not be la- something that lasts forever, but it, yeah, it's something for that in that season of life or in that, in that moment in time. And that can be discontentment and, and where God's teaching you 
it, well, if it's bothering you, someone else probably needs it too. Jump off the cliff and start it. You know, and, and it might be new ministries. It might be where are you at now personally? You know, you've you've served in this committee. You've served on this group, this team, this class. You know, you try to be everything. You're part of that. You know, twenty percent that does eighty percent of the work, as the saying goes, in a lot of churches. Maybe you need to be a back and back up and go to a season of rest and and study and in prayer to say, okay, I think I'm doing too much. I don't think I'm effective. God, show me if I am effective. If not, move me mm-hmm. or show me where where to. You serve. may need a sabbatical, a season of sabbatical. Yeah, season sabbatical, and yeah. and it's a reevaluation of what you're doing, what you need to do, and what God's showing you how to change or stay the same. Exactly. So I don't think it's uh, discontentment in your spiritual walk can be, most of the time it's referenced as being a bad thing. Mm-hmm. However. And like it's one of those things we're still struggling with this concept, to be honest. We haven't yeah. figured this out completely. No, nah, you know, like I said, neither one of us are theology majors or scholars. Or, we're just tr- hoping the Lord can use us to, you know. We're but, just trying to be real people that are sharing what's really what mm-hmm. we deal with. Yeah, and discontentment is one of those things that I could easily say, "Hey, I don't, I don't like this, but why don't I like it?" You start asking yourself, "Why don't you like something?" Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And when we do accident investigations, time we ask, you know, the five whys. Well, why did this happen? Well, why did that person do that? You know, we, in about the fifth why, you'll figure the root cause out. But you may, it may be, be more than that mm-hmm. um, to say, you know, "Why do I feel this way?" When does this happen? Why does this happen at this? Does it happen at a certain time? And is this truth? And is it truth? Because a lot of times our brains are very self-centered and it'd be like, well, this is so unfair to me. They're doing you know, none of the work and I'm doing all of the work. And what it comes down to is you're jealous that you don't have someone else serving you. So, I mean, you have to be really truthful and honest with yourself. Uh, about where the discontentment is coming from. And you need to really evaluate it and not just live in the moment and say, well, I'm mad and I'm going to be mad and I'm going to scream and yell and and I'm going to make everybody know that I'm mad and I'm going to shake my fist and I'm going to pound my feet. You know, you need to really, I think when we feel the most upset, we need to stop. And and I'm not very good at that because I will talk your head off, my head off. Um, because I process out loud. I'm the yeller. I'm the yeller and the stomper. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll own that one. Sorry, um, you know, and it's one of those things. I think we just we we process differently. Um, some of the verses that that really just keep on coming back to me is Hebrews 11, the second part of 13 through 15, and it's in there with the heroes of the faith. Uh, yeah, the hero the. Faith Hall of Fame. Yeah, those th- that chapter is what that's talking about. And uh, it goes in there and it says, it's this small little section in the middle of this. And it says, Confet- they, uh, they confessed that they were temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. And I ran across this C.S. Lewis quote, and and it says in Mere Christianity, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in the world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. 
Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy our desire, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. And the problem really starts, there, I found this in an article, um, and the author says, the problem of our discontent is when we believe earthly gains solve our inner desires, which lead us to covetousness and ungratefulness. So it's one of those things that part of us is naturally wired to be disconnected um, because we're not with the Lord. You know, we're not right. in his perfect home that he has created for us, that Jesus said that he is going, leaving to create for us. Um, some of that discontentment is going to basically fall from that. And if we can just look and say, you know what, this earth is never going to be home. This earth is never going to be perfect. This earth, you know, at this current time is never going to fulfill me. And that's okay. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to make your house pretty. You know, if you want to make your house pretty, that's okay. But you're not going to be able to make it perfect and be content with it for the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, some some of you may be gifted that way, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I I will. I want to change the color of the walls and and those kind of things. I think it's just that struggle of of just always checking your heart. As in, you know, God, where is this coming from? Show me where it is. Teach me what you want me to learn from this. Is this something that needs to change? Are you pushing me in another direction? If you're in a job that you have no time for your family and God to spend that time with Him, then you probably you may need to step back. And God knows that because you're not a robot that can go 24 hours a day. Yeah. So I, I think you just really need to be always constantly checking your heart with the Lord and say, Lord, is my heart in the right place here? Is this discontentment from you that you want me to move, change, or is Grow, this exactly or learn, or is this something sinful? Yeah, is it self-centered? Is it self-focused? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just turn on the news and you you hear celebrity suicides and stuff like that. And these people that quote unquote have it all say they have it all and they don't. They're missing something. Working on your own relationship with the Lord. I think you don't need to be satisfied with that. That one is always, if you're satisfied with that, check yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think God always wants you close. You, you can always get closer to the Lord. Yeah. Because there's this this divide even with Jesus, you know, providing that pathway. Just our human frailties, our minds are just not capable. But God will, the more we ask, the more he will give. Yeah, he's... It's like you said, with you know, what was it you were telling me about George Mueller and a guy that it was about tithing, I think, or something like that. And the person was had a mediocre income and wasn't able to give or claim that he couldn't give. If he if he if he tithed, he wouldn't have money for his family. That was his claim. Yes, but if you're not faithful with the small things. Yeah, George Mueller was saying that, you know, but you, but but who provides for you? Ultimately, who provides for you? Who who gives you the ability to walk? Who gives you the ability to speak? Who gives you the strength, the mind to do your job? It's ultimately God. And at any point, he can take that away. Exactly. And if we rely on God to provide for us, then, you know, we are to obey him. And, And if he provides for that, 
that he will provide for when we're sick, then he'll provide if he calls us to do a job, goes to an income that's lower. Yeah. You know, give your tithes and then he will always provide for you. The mm. more that you give to hit God's will, you know, God's will is to, for you to give something. I had one friend, she said, uh, the Lord told me to give like $300. She's like, we didn't have $300. And she's like, but the Lord told me to give three hundred dollars, so I wrote the check and put it in the, you know, put it in the offering plate. And she said, you know what, the Lord provided though; He covered everything that we needed. And she's like, that blew my mind because we didn't have three hundred dollars. <laughs> God's math is not our math. Folks. <laughs> no, it is not. I, I've seen this in our own life, and it is true. Um, being faithful a little. Eventually, he blesses you with more. But you have to be content. But you have to be content with it. Yeah. You know, there was, I remember having a quote-unquote good job. It was well-paying, but it was one of those where I, you know, three strikes, I you know, not I did anything wrong. It was three attempts to try to move around in the organization. And during this time, I wasn't getting involved in emergency services, and I really felt a passion for it. And I had the opportunity to get a job with a fire department. And it was a $3 an hour a pay kit hit. And it's like, but that taking that $3 an hour hit did provide me the opportunity to be in paramedic school without and go and attend the uh, clinical time that I needed to attend without sacrificing an income. Uh, I was blessed with overtime that kind of balanced it out a little bit. And so I've been there. You know, I took a pay cut when I left a job, you know, five years ago, but the sanity that I gained back from <laughs> quitting that job uh, was beyond measure. And I think that was just God's grace on us because, like yes. I said, we didn't, we were not in a place of praying every step. No. Um, I, I think God has just been so gracious to us. And allowing us to prosper in times that he could have easily have said, you're not acting very thankful. Yeah. Uh, you're not checking with me to make sure that this is what you want. And I think, you know, that that comes down to prayers of family. You know, you have your, your if you have a praying parent or a praying grandparent, um, I think that's when, you know, even a great grandparent, because, you know, that's amazing how much that covers some of it. And some of it's just God's grace. Yeah. And he's like, I know you're trying, but honey, you ain't there yet. So we're going to let you go. We're going to let you slide this time. But, you know, and I'm not saying God acts like that all the time, but I'm just saying. that That's our that's our interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Southern version of it. Um, I'll let you slide a little bit here. Because God's not there to, to whack you on the head every little time that you screw up. Yep. God is a loving God and a gracious God. He, there are there is punishment and there is judgment and there is and consequences he is holy. of holy. He is first and foremost, he is a holy God. Yes. He is not Santa Claus, he's not the genie in the bottle. Exactly. He is first and foremost a holy God that created the universe. And he loves us and he does, you know, and I'm just saying how gracious and and I am so thankful for the times that we have screwed up. Yeah. And he has not caused great catastrophe feet to fall on our heads exactly uh, i am so thankful for those times because it could have easily gone in that route and he could have let us slide in such horrible places yes but he always kept us off 
you know, the mudslide. You know, he, he kept us to the side. You know, we may not have understood at the time what he was doing no. and felt deprived or uh, whatever. Probably we didn't get what we wanted, but he kept us from a lot of dangers. A lot of dangers. You know, he's, sometimes God's nose means he's, it's for your protection. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's when we need to be content in his, you know, his sovereignty that, you know, it might not be this next step that's the problem. It's five steps down the road. And if you stay on that path, that's when the catastrophe is going to be. And he's keeping you five steps away from it. Yes. You know, it, it's so understanding that I think has helped me a lot in the sense of, okay, this doesn't seem that pleasant or this is not what I wanted or planned or whatever. And, you know, I think I've gotten better over the years because I've always been a big planner and everything needed to go in my my way. Mm-hmm. And I think I have, the Lord has taught me enough of, okay, well, this is not happening the way I planned. Well, that's okay. You know, he must have a reason for it. If he's not allowing us to get down the road as fast as I want us to, then there must be a major accident in front of us. And he's allowing us not to be in that accident. Um, that That's a kind of an easy way yeah. of explaining that um and and the lord can see so much and see so much more complicated processes than just that but you know being content god uses everything together for the good that love him according to his will romans not our 8, will romans eight twenty eight. yep and so that's one of those things that i think the lord has has been teaching us is teaching us and will probably be teaching us the day the, he calls us home will be. Yeah. Uh, being content with wherever we are. I mean. And whatever we have. And whatever we're doing. Yep. hmm So kind of a hard topic to talk about. I mean, sorry if we didn't give any great theologian answers, but neither one of us is a theologian or a master's of divinity, doctor in divinity, or anything. We are just real people trying to get through this life, serving the Lord of lords and king of kings. And we thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you, appreciate your support. We pre- we covet your prayers, and we still need it for this podcast. If if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please drop us an email at marriage the number three letter m at gmail And we look forward to you joining us on our next podcast. So take care and God bless. <laughs>